Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? Oh, I just can't that picture in Stephen Gerrard walking <laughs> out of the Etihad, you know, wearing that Liverpool jersey underneath the suit, a bit like Superman Clark Kent. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. The Late Night LOI Pod, live every Friday at 10pm on Twitter Spaces. Follow at Off The Ball. Folks, hello and welcome to tonight's Late Night League of Ireland. Um, Shane Keegan here, starting as off tonight. Nathan is stuck in traffic at the moment uh, on his way back from Tallis Stadium, but he will be uh, he will be joining us fairly shortly to, to take over the lead. But we'll get the ball rolling with, with myself and Johnny, and more importantly, uh, those who want to share their views. It's been a, an interesting day, a superb, superb day if you're a Shamrock Rovers fan. I'm sure all Shamrock Rovers fans will agree. Uh, the brilliant news that broke for them earlier today, followed by tonight's result. And Derry dropping a couple of points. Frustration for Derry, obviously. Frustration for Dundalk. Uh, Sligo fans probably not overly happy tonight. Pats fans feeling a hell of a lot better about things than they did last week. Um, so yeah, some some interesting talking points from uh, from the night, I think. And that's before we even dip into to the first division, where Johnny Ward's uh, supposedly boring and Route One Galway United continue to bore and Route One their way all the way towards the the top of the table. Johnny, how are you? I'm very well, Shane. Good, good. Where were your eyes tonight? My eyes were on the Brandywell and for the first half at uh, St. Coleman's Park. Um, but anyone who actually watched the stream, it was kind of like a an episode of Highway to Heaven back in the day. There was just this massive, massive sun behind the goal, which unfortunately was uh, the goal, United goal for the first half. So you literally could not see any of the goals. Like um, You couldn't see any of it um, as well as we played. So then I kind of turned my uh, eyes to the Brandywell and... I think you were watching that as well, Shane. Like, what a game. Like, it just literally had it all. And I think in the broader points, if you ever needed affirmation of, like, where the league is going, and I'm not sure, like, of the ins and outs of what happened, but Stephen Bradley staying at Shamrock Rovers, I think, was just such a good thing for the league. And then you watch, like, the highlights. The They had the highlights on at, the, at halftime, if you're watching the Derry game. The highlights of, like the balls that Jack Byrne and Gaffney played for some of the goals um, and see where Shamrock Rovers were tonight. And Derry will probably rue the fact that they didn't win, but at the same time got a very, very suspect penalty. And Chris Twardick at the end, I was sure he'd gotten the winner. Um, so the only negative of the night, chain, 95th minute Cork City get a winner against 10 man at loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only negative of the night. Johnny, are, are you aware that Athlone had missed the penalty before that? Not only that, but uh, apparently Thomas Alua missed the penalty and Declan McCormack uh, from the other three Amigos podcast, I think is going to come on. And he did send me a text to the effect that it was effectively the worst missed return from a penalty that he's ever seen. The worst I've seen, and I'm not joking, somehow put it over the bar from four yards with the whole goal gaping. Because when Alone went down to 10, I was like, okay, the game's over here. Um, that this is the best like start goal United have ever made. And I know you were taking the piss out of me at the start, but we're actually playing football at the moment. We're actually playing football. And we're thinking we're going to gain two points here in Cork City, but it wasn't to be. 
And yes, Galway fans, in case anybody was taking me serious, I was absolutely taking the piss. I'm, ta- I'm, I'm basically taking the piss about how we all ever, all we ever hear is that they're uh, long ball and boring, yet I can't wrap my head around that. There's no way you can play uh, that poorly and be up around the top. So I'm sure they absolutely deserve to, to be where they are. Yeah, look, the Derry Bowls one, Johnny, it, it was it was it was an absolute cracker. Um, between two really, really good teams, again, it showed that that Bowls team is, you know, a hell of a lot better than maybe people are, are are, are making out sometimes they'll be there thereabouts knocking around that third fourth spot right through to the end of the season I think every week we're going to end up when you look at those four teams between third and sixth that we keep talking about every week I reckon we're going to end up with the fans of two of those clubs happy and the fans of two of those clubs um, probably very annoyed obviously last week it was Pats fans that were going mad they've turned around and had a brilliant 4-0 win tonight in which they started a 16 year old by the way and on your thread of on your thread of good news stories from the League of Ireland for today um, a 16 year old starting for Pats is fantastic and obviously our uh, under 21 international centre forwards getting two goals to drag UCD back into it another good news story from that side of things um, but listen more importantly I think it's time to get to our callers uh, I think Keen was the first man to request to come on and have a chat with us Keen, how are you? Well lads how are you? Not too bad at all yourself what were you asking? Yeah so um, I just caught the full second half of the little duck um, um, I trained myself so I only got the second half and just the, the highlights um, of the first half but yeah extremely disappointing what what happened, Keen? It seemed to be it seemed to be one that you were coasting. Obviously, Boilers sending off on the stroke of half time would have had an impact on things, but I still would have thought you would have had enough quality and know how to to deal with anything that would have had to throw against you, even being a man down. Yeah, I think look, um, it just it changed the complexity of the game completely. Um, had to sacrifice um, Ward at half time, who, like we talked about before, is the only link between the midfield um, and Hoban up front. And in the second half, I know obviously we were down to 10, but you'd still expect some of the experienced heads to step up, like so Sloggett and Benson, you know, would have been there before. And yeah, it just, it was a complete disaster. Um, even just by all accounts in the first half, um, Dundalk weren't up to scratch. And yeah, in the second half, it continued on. Like it's, I suppose, that old thing that I mentioned before, Hoban getting no support up front. And then defensively, um, just the lack of pace is it's actually astonishing like when you when you look at it man for man Leahy obviously was injured for so long so he's you know he doesn't have that yard of pace that he used to McCarry decent defensively really doesn't offer much going forward and um, not the quickest um, Boyle was exposed in the first half um, he also was slow and then we're still relying on Gartland obviously one you know a legend in the history of the club, but I think a lot of fans will tell you at the moment he like he shouldn't be anywhere near the starting eleven. It's mad, Keen. Um, James Rogers sent me this uh, text during the week. So I thought Dundalk were absolute good things tonight. Of like, okay, your away record is bad, but you're playing in Belfield and you know you're playing well. Since beating Lavadia Talon last July away, Dundalk have played 17 away games in all competitions and won just once. The 1-0 away win to draw the United at Hedden Game Park in November, courtesy of Daniel Cleary's 86-minute goal, uh, drew nine and lost seven. And it's unbelievable. So now that's 18. Yeah, and I suppose the worrying thing is as well, um, I would have been at most of them away games this season, the likes of Shells and, um, and Bows and stuff. And them draws, if I'm being honest, 
nearly every single one we definitely didn't deserve to get the three points. It hasn't been a case of like we've been unlucky in situations. We've it's probably been the opposite actually. Like I think I don't even think the table is we would have been third if we've um without trying to be too negative, but we would have been third if we had hung on tonight. But probably isn't the true reflection of how we've actually been been performing weekly, like Johnny, the only the only thing I saw from the game um was UCD's first goal coming back. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Um ab- absolutely superb, superb goal. Um not Tinley Vale. Tinley Vale, I'm like a big uh, big wheeling fan. <laughs> uh, now, in fairness, I think anybody would credit him on this one. Um, and it's 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 what he does so so well is is his movement because he actually comes towards the play in the build up um, to link it and get it moving, and then when the ball comes into the box, um, he's the one who absolutely brilliantly finishes with one touch. He's well outside the width of the goal. Um, and yet manages to open out his, his his body brilliantly to steer it. I mean, it does it does lead you to ask the question. You know, I know there's strong strong talk of it. Uh, I'm, I'd still be a little bit surprised to see it happen. But you put Colin Whelan wearing the number nine jersey centre forward week in week out for Shamrock Rovers. How many goals does he score in a season potentially? How good is he? Ah, look, he's 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 very very good. He's very very good, and and. As I keep saying, the attitude goes there with it as well, so it does. And ah, look, it's, it's it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. You don't want to get overly carried away, but I, I would love to see him in a team. You know, to get that a few goals in the manner that he's doing in a team that's creating so few chances, it would be very interesting to see how many he'd get in in a team that creates a few more. But Keen, listen, um, really, really appreciate you giving us a shout on it. It'll be interesting to see how Dundalk get on over the next. Uh, couple of games because we keep saying it's just so so easy to go from third to sixth in the blink of an eye um so a couple of big ones coming up for you yeah no thanks lads yeah no absolutely um bows and Derry in the next two games so obviously bows going to be confident after good performance tonight so yeah it's, it's not going to be easy anyway brilliant stuff brilliant stuff listen appreciate it um thanks lads Dec- Declan, I think uh, you're going to join us and give us your thoughts, Declan. I think we're just connecting to you there now. You should be able to talk to us now. Hey, things. Not too bad at all. You're ah, right. well, relieved, I think, is probably the word tonight after that, you know. After seeing Thomas Alua. Uh, look, I mean, it's, you, you'll probably see it later on or tomorrow. It's it's one of the most incredible misses you've, you've ever seen. It's He's four yards out, keepers on the ground. You just have to tap it into a net. And he somehow managed to knock it over the crossbar. Absolutely incredible miss. Ex-Gaw United uh, striker Thomas Alua. <laughs> Doing us a big favour anyway, because, look, we weren't at the races, to be fair. And we hold our hands up and say we got away with one. And you alluded to it, John, you know... We feel tonight how we feel. I felt last Friday night after getting out of the treaty alive, you know. So, um, and and Declan was it was it was it just the case that you were really off the ball, or did you see some signs of improvement down that low? Oh no, at low. I suppose no more, no more than no more than Johnny said about Dundalk looking a banker at UCD. I mean, it really looked like there was only ever going to be, you know, looking on paper. I thought you'd blow them out. Yeah, and to be fair, you know, everybody did, Shane, and we felt the same down here. But no, look, there was definite improvement from at low, and I guess. If you look, they went to Waterford last Monday and only lost one nil. And I know Waterford had a man sent off just before half time, etc. You know, but maybe there are signs there that they're improving. Their pace up front is incredible, and would cause any team issues. You know, and 
when they went one nil up, Olu is actually a serious, like he's a serious talent if you put it all together. Yeah, and like when they were one nil up and down a man, they they were able to sit in and catch us on the break, and that's how they got the penalty, and they did it a few times. And look, we got away with murder. We'd be the first ones to admit it, but look, we gladly take it and, and move on, you know. Sign sign of a team who are who are uh, going to win a title, Johnny. A team who can blow teams out of water when they're on fire and fall over the line when they're not on fire. Well, it, like it is strange because like um, we have started like going out have started to play really well and the shackles seem to be off. Like we're, we've scored goals in every game, but we're scoring frequently now. And that game was over like at half time and absolutely dominated. And JC is bringing players off the bench that are changing the game. Uh, two of them like set up the last goal, Dimas with a brilliant strike. Um, and when like when we do play Cork uh, in Terryland, like you can imagine the crowd. Like Johnny Glynn like had played for both clubs, and he's trying to you know promote his the new link between Galway United and GGI, which we'll talk about down the line. But John Caulfield against Cork City, and the two clubs like absolutely dominating the division with Waterford kind of lurking and re- playing really good football. In fairness, Galway United at the moment, like and I I think it's going to be really really like bumper bumper crowd 5,000 maybe like the crowds in, in the first division chain have been amazing as well yeah they certainly have Declan the, the two players that um I've seen you I think I've seen you two or three times now and the two players that have, have really stood out to me are, are Barry Coffey um, and the man who got the, the late late winner for you tonight Aaron Bulger they, to me they look two players well above the general standard of the first division Shane I'm telling you now Aaron Bulger is the best player in the division bar none yeah. I don't care what anybody says. I know you saw him against Treaty and you were, you were, you know, very impressed with him that night. I promised you in the last month, his performance level has just gone through the roof. It is incredible. I mean, um, the Cork City stream, the guys in the commentary were saying last weekend that he covered 12 kilometres in the game against Longford last Friday night, you know, in the centre of the field. It's unbelievable. And he's just, he hit one tonight, 94 minutes, Top corner, we get away with murder. I woke my child, I was shouting so much and screaming so much here, you know. <laughs> and it's, I was going to mention him if you didn't mention him. He's just on another level. It's its an incredible level of performance. The, I think it's like, like, we, we don't, like, obviously, like most people listening don't watch the first division, but you have players like Aaron Bolger, uh, like you have players like Ronan Manning who are playing the first division, just haven't really gotten a chance yet. And there's so much talent there. You remember he went to Cardiff, like came back, he was the bee's knees at that stage. Yeah, I mean, look, as you said, he left Rovers, went to Cardiff, it didn't work out, he came back, he did a little spell at Longford in the Premier Division last year, and that didn't quite work out for him, but he's come down, he seems happy, he knew Colin Healy, and he's just playing his football, and look, he's a Premier Division player playing in the First Division, and the thing is, you know, he's with us, signed until the end of the season, so that's fine for this year, what happens after that, I genuinely have no idea. But we're yeah. going to have some battle to hold on to him, you know. You have to. So. Uh, look, it's, it's brilliant to see because he is one of those ones, lads, where, as you say, when he came back and then things didn't reignite, he's he's one of those kind of players that you've just seen so many times where they just they just disappear out of the game within kind of two, one to two years and they, they lose their love of it and we don't see them anymore. And I thought it was starting to look like that was the way he might go. So I'm ab- absolutely delighted to, to see himself reignite things. And uh, yeah. look, I think I think whether it's with Cork or whoever else, Declan, you'll obviously be hoping it's with Cork, but he'll, he'll be playing League of Ireland Premier next year. Without, absolutely. Without Shane, two Shadow quick things before you get before you get rid of me. Um, just one, just on Johnny there talking about Galway scoring goals. Johnny, you're the only team in the country to score in every league game this season. Um, 
And two, we give out enough about streams and everything else. But I just want to say the Atlone stream tonight is absolute top quality stuff. The, the, the camera work was brilliant. The replays were brilliant. The commentary was outstanding and fair and on point and everything else. So we're going to give out about them. I'd just like to give them some credit while we're at it, you know. Fair play, Declan. Fair play. Yeah, listen, appreciate the call, top man. Hopefully we'll no matter. Cheers, lad. Take care. care. Thanks. The, ne the next man up, I know, I'm not sure how comfortable I feel about having having two Galway men on the line at the same time, but uh, League of Ireland, League of Ireland former star Mark Rossiter um, is on the line. You're going to join us, Mark, and I'll do it. but I don't think it's a I don't think it's a Galway or Dundalk game we're going to talk. I'm looking here. You were at a different game tonight, were you? Are you on mute, Mark? Yeah, if Rossi unmutes now, this will be this will be fairly, fairly tough. <laughs> He's not happy with Sligo at all tonight. Like Sligo 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 over his people. They just like they lose one game and they think it's horrific. Like, even though they're punching above their weight, you're in, you're out. Maybe he silenced himself for a reason, actually, Shane. <laughs> no problem. Here he is. We'll call we'll, are you there, Mark? Evening, fellas. How are you? Not too bad at all yourself. I'm a bit frustrated after that performance, to be honest. From from Sligo, they were they were chronic in the first half, is what I would have said. But I I think I I generally the point I think I'd make about about Sligo this year is how very inconsistent they are, considering the finished third. I know they lost some players in the off season, but they've signed really well with Pinecker coming in and stuff like that. But generally, their performances are lackluster at best, majority of the time. Um, bad old week a couple of weeks ago when they picked up one and nine. Um, you know, against three teams, it was Shells, Bulls, and and UCD. They got a point against. You know, it, it's genuinely like far from good enough if you're going to be challenging. You know, for for European position. And but there have been there have been a bit of an upturn turn in form there of recent had there not. They, obviously, they got the draw against Rovers. I think they won the one previous to that. They won the one, one or two previous. The two to that. two previous, yeah, that's seven and nine. But you're going against a team here that haven't won at home all season, and and you put in that performance in the first half. Why why does it have to be that you go two 0 down before you uh, decide to put any kind of intensity? On that watching, like I watch, I watch Els at home. I, I watched them twice at home this season, and they've an awful, awful record at home. Did they change, or were they good? Or I thought Shells were very impressive in the first half. Moylan is a talent, definitely. Shawnee Boyd, yeah, Shawnee Boyd's a handful for anybody on his day, you know. But JJ Loney ran the show, ran the show in the middle. He was, he was excellent for the sixty minutes that he played. Oh yeah, he was wonderful. Genuinely, he was wonderful. But they, they fight for everything. They fight for every throw-in. They fight for every ball that they can. And there just seems to be a, a lot of the, the Sligo players that have zero fight in them. And it's, uh, it's and a big problem. For well that, like, uh, there was a footage of Damien Duff like, in, his kind of, in his room because uh, this is the first time they won at home and Duffer wasn't on the sideline. <laughs> uh, you're picking a straws now, Johnny. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not. He was like he was, he was basically. They showed him in a room, like uh, watching the game, like totally away from the action, and they won and they were comfortable. They were comfortable, but at the same time, you know, there, there was chances. Look at the the goal to get back into it by Paddy Kirk. Great strike, but kind of came out of nothing. But you know, if it wasn't for McGinty, they they would have lost by by four or five. Let's say he he was he could do nothing for the two goals. Two great goals, but the two of them are exactly the same. Uh, Shawnee Boyd and Jack Moylan. 
great goals, but I'm flabbergasted to be the word as you know as Keno would say. I can I just can't get my head around them. I genuinely can't. <laughs> Rossi, I was in. I was in. Um... Uh, Tala was it? It was yeah. It was in Tala um, when when Sligo went across there, and and that night in Kina looked looked so so good to me. And you know his early season form was really good. I thought he was going to be the one that was going to propel Sligo kind of to really really be in the in the hunt for at least third spot. But it's it's completely tailed off on him as well at the moment. Was he was he involved much tonight, or what way was he? Nah, first half he got very little feeding off scraps. They brought on Max Mada and Jordan Hamilton in the second half for Fitzgerald and Mark Byrne on the boat wings. And he he seemed to be more comfortable playing with a front man up top with him and Hamilton just behind him. But he did pick up a calf injury and I'm not sure if he's fit. Calf injury as in, you know, a number of weeks ago, maybe five, six weeks ago, and he doesn't look like he's moving with as much freedom as he did in the first half uh, first half of the season, let's say. Um, but at the same time, that particular game that you're on about, Shane, I was at that game and it was the most one-sided, I suppose, hmm. to be down 2-0 at half-time. But two counter-attacks, <laughs> yeah. two counter-attacks. But they don't even look like they can counter-attack with any kind of intensity now. At the start of the season, first game of the season against St. Pat's, they counter-attacked so well. Same against Drada when they, won, they were 3-0 what, three, three nil up um, in the first half against them. Counter-attacks so well, but they just don't commit any players now. They just look like they're looking for other players to create something. Nobody is grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck at all, and it's, it's extremely frustrating. And you're three points off third. Oh, I know that. I know that. But you're looking at how many points they've left against teams that I'm not saying that, you know, you should be beaten. But they're teams that you'd be looking on paper that would be below you. They don't have an issue playing against teams above them. But you need to raise your game for, for anybody because if you don't perform, you know, if you don't, if you don't go out to give 100% in a game, in this league, in the league, you could lose against anybody. No, very, very true. Rossi, fair play for giving us a giving us a shout and a hits up on it. Stay in touch with us over the next few weeks if you can. I will. Have a good evening, fellas. Cheers. <laughs> Mind yourself. Bye bye. Um, we have a very, 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 I assume, very, very, very happy Shamrock Rovers fan in Giggsy on the line who has had uh, about as good a day as you could possibly have hoped for. I would have thought. Are you there, Giggsy? Yeah. Hey, yeah. How are you keeping? Yeah, not too bad. I think today. When I woke up this morning, we didn't really know what to expect. Um, yeah, it's been a crazy day, but um, as soon as we got the, the news kind of start filtering through around 10, half 10 this morning, and I think everybody was just sharing the news on WhatsApps and stuff like that, and uh, all the Rovers fan groups were, the WhatsApp groups were flying, they were, and just, I suppose everybody's delighted, you know? Johnny, this, this cannot, like, this cannot be underestimated how important and how big a deal this is in, in my eyes. Like, I have been saying all along that I cannot, cannot see beyond Shamrock Grover's win in the league. If you would ask me at nine o'clock this morning, I would have said for the first time that I potentially saw Derry win in the league because Stephen Bradley has been doing such a fantastic job that A, that question mark starts to arise, and B, I could not see anything but two or three 
big, big name Shamrock Rovers players potentially following him across the water if he went as well. Like this is in keeping him in the manner that they have is just so, so, so huge for the club. I think it's massive. Like, and um, you know, like there were texts to me this morning, like who's going to join him at Lincoln, and you know, there were talk of like players that might go. Um, and the strange thing is, Shane, there, there's still this kind of like Dodge John John Owens, the uh, Pats fan, like has put this out on Twitter today about like. I'm a big fan of Bradley and he almost has to prove that he's a big fan of Stephen Bradley, what Stephen Bradley has done at Shamrock Rovers. The the quality of the football that Shamrock Rovers are playing, like, is you cannot take your eye away from the way they play. And you see Jack Burns setting up Danny Mandroyu today again, like in the intuitiveness that they have. But the fact that like he's he's a style of football, and I have to say, Shane, like it was it was essentially put forward that he was going to be on very, very good money. He was joining a fairly stable club in a totally unstable, um, you know, English football structure. Um, he could more or less bring whoever he wanted over. And I was thinking, yeah, it does make sense. And then I was getting texts as the week went on, maybe he's going to stay. And I think, like, for what, for Shamrock Rovers, but also for the League of Ireland, that Stephen Bradley is staying and... You think that the Shamrock Rovers board, they went through managers that like were so successful hitherto uh, in Pat Fenlon. Um, Trevor Colley had such a you know good CV at that stage. Stephen Kenny was an absolute flop at Shamrock Rovers. They gave Stephen Bradley time. And with MacPhail, I think, as a kind of a calming influence in the background, they've become like, to, to my mind, and I, I might be wrong in this, I think they're the best League of Ireland team I've seen and people will clash me on this, but the standard of football that they're playing, and I was like you when I watched them the last couple of games, particularly I was at the game against Dundalk, what they did in the second half in that game, I thought, I, I've not seen that at League of Ireland level, just the way they turned it on. Um, and the fact that he stayed, I, I, I don't know, for me, I, I, I'm very proud of the fact that he stayed in Ireland. I, I'm not sure why he stayed, like I'm, I haven't spoken to him, Um. But for me, it was, it was an unbelievable thing, not only for Rovers and for the League of Ireland. And Rory Higgins now has to kind of reflect on the fact that I think, like you, if Stephen Bradley left, there was a potential for upheaval because he's managing that dressing room. And before the, uh, sorry, after the Nadal game, I said, like, you know, how do you keep the players happy? And he says, it's not about keeping them happy. It's about keeping them playing for Shamrock Rovers. Yep. Can I hop in there, Shane? Hey, uh, I, I finally got you? home. I, I, I might, I'll, I'll act as a caller person and complain about it. who changed the traffic <laughs> management system around Tallis Stadium. I've been home inside 10 minutes every night of the season so far. It took about half an hour tonight for some reason. Uh, so I don't know which guard I can blame for that. Uh, Johnny, you're saying there that the Shamrock Rovers team is maybe the best League of Ireland team you've seen. Like, I don't know, Shane. Like, this Shamrock Rovers team, it feels they have the potential to become that. But like, are they better than the Dundalk team under Stephen Kenny, the way they've been playing so far this season? Are they better prepared to go and achieve something in Europe than that Dundalk side? No, I, th I think you've absolutely hit the nail on the head. At the moment, it is still unfulfilled potential. It is, it is unfulfilled potential that I'm, I'm really starting to believe that they will fulfil, if that makes sense. I can see them... Um, I can see them clicking and, and really, really hitting top, top gear. Um, I just think the quality is just in abundance. Like that pass from Jack tonight is just... Oh, uh, man. Uh, oh man. I mean, but, like, you're just watching it and you're like, what's he going to do here? 
but there, but, but there's no way you could. Uh, I'm 100 percent behind you. There's no way you could say at the moment, Johnny, that they're better than. It, it, that it's more than like, it's more it's more watching a game and saying, okay, like when did did that great thing? Like they kind of half struggled in Iceland, and the battle performance was amazing, and then they became they they became alive. But like it's not that Rovers have flopped in Europe at all. They've actually been quite good in Europe. They need that break to get into group stages, and then they will deliver. Giggsy, our Nathan, I think you were both watching the game. How how was the performance tonight? As I say, all I've really seen is 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 Mandro's goal after Jack's pass. What was the overall performance like? Yeah, the first half. The first half was um like within inside fifteen minutes we went one 0 up. Uh, the keeper kind of uh, came out. There was a bit of a mistake. Lopez one 0 uh, Then twenty within twenty eight minutes we were three 0 up. Um, I think it kind of naturally then it kind of went a little bit flat. We conceded a goal. We made three changes at halftime. Jack came off. Um, the second half, again, first 50 minutes of the second half, um, Amakio had a couple of chances. And to be honest, the game was kind of, it was dead as a contest, I think. Um, but the, the crowd started to revive the last five, ten minutes singing Stephen Bradley's Greenway Army, obviously after everything that went on today. So, yeah, look, happy to move on to Monday now as Sligo at home. Um, I think Buckley might be under a bit of pressure if we go and win on Monday. But at least, at least this time you put three balls in the back of the net before he started to go a bit flat. I mean, that's been that's been our kind of complaint about G in recent weeks is that G were sometimes getting one nil up and then going flat and not putting them to bed, and then the late goal can be kicking the arse. You get yeah. three nil, you get you get three nil ahead, and you can let in a late goal, a, a, a sloppy goal all you want. Then after that, you know? yeah, that was similar to kind of what happened up in uh, Sligo last week. I mean, we were one nil up at half time. Um, comfortable enough and it just like we came out in the second half and we didn't we, we reeled a couple of missed chances in the first half and you know they scored and then they had something to hang on to and um, even when they went down to 10 men it was still we, we struggled to kind of break them down the last 10 minutes then you know 10-15 minutes to try and create something uh, like you say yeah we needed to probably score one or two to get that insurance goal I thought it could have been 6-7-1 and it would have been a fair result. How Amaku didn't score in the second half, I had no idea. Uh, it was I... definitely his best performance, his best impact he's had, and maybe it was getting the full 45 minutes. Uh, it was miraculous that somehow Finn Harps kept it to three. Uh, but it was it was the, the first time... I'm like, Amaku coming in, like they didn't play Amaku against uh, Dundalk when like, they were playing a very, very paceless centre-back like pairing. And I'm like, when does Bradley give him the the chance to actually play and fulfil his potential, which you, they will need in Europe because Gaffney does not have the pace in Europe to actually damage teams. But where is he in terms of the rankings of their strikers? So he hasn't been in the mix to start yet. Personally, I think he lacks... What he does lack, which we, he will only get with more game time, is composure. Like he had... There was a chance tonight where he jinked through two players at the edge of the box and he was kind of more or less one-on-one with the goalkeeper and... You know, I think if that is Gaffney or if that is Green, it's probably a goal. Um, but I, I do think that he's still probably toward behind um, in second. In Gaffney second. and Green. No, he's well ahead. Of, like he, if he's not ahead of Aaron Green at this stage, either it's a failure of Bradley or it's a failure of him because but, Aaron but he's clearly not ahead of Green. The Green he, is starting ahead of him, and Green ah, is coming Green. off the bench ahead of him. Okay, in okay. In, in, in my view, in my view, he has to start playing him ahead of Aaron Green. As much as Aaron Green got a great goal against Shelburne, like Amaku has the ability to change games, and he's exactly what the Sharmac Rovers project is supposed to be—bringing young players into the game. 
Yeah, I think the, the, he's a di- totally different player to maybe what well, Rory Gaffney is. Anyway, Rory is probably the best front man in the league at linking up. You know, he'll drop deep, he'll drag defenders all over the place. That pass um, for the second goal, Gizzy, like. Yeah, exactly. You know, like that's that's unbelievable. Um, but then I mean, we've often played Graham Bourke in the ten as well, like in the yeah as the centre forward. So I mean. Obviously, like the good thing about having such a big squad like that, full of talent, is there is going to be options. And a, a forty-five minutes like that tonight, I think the only thing that probably Amaku should have done was he, he needed to get on the score sheet tonight for his own confidence. Can I just ask you, Giggsy, on the couple of chances that Rovers gave up in the first half? Because what struck me is that they don't give up many chances, but the chances they tend to give up are unbelievably good chances. Like Finn Harps did nothing. For half an hour, couldn't get out of their half. They're three nil. They are when they went one nil down, uh, and suddenly they have two guilt edge chances to get themselves back into the game. It's is it something with the Rovers' defence? They're just switching off. They're pressing too high. Why is it that they're giving teams that are down the bottom of the league, even when Drogheda went there, when UCD went there, that they're giving up these sort of chances? It's it's one thing that would certainly worry me as they head towards Europe. Yeah, especially that the fact, given the fact that we play a back three. Um... I don't know. Like I mean, it's it's obviously hard to, for me even watching like to put a finger on the reason why that's happening. But you know, teams are going to get chances in the league. Like, we're treating you know, it up. We're treating it up. Who cares? Like, no, yeah, sorry. This was this was at, this was at one. This was at one nil. Now this was at one nil, and they were totally dominant. But there's just a there's just a lull. A strange lull at times. But they're so dominant in games. Like they're obviously going to cough up chances. Like Rovers, in fairness, I've watched them. They don't actually give up that many chances in a game. They've once Lopez came back, they were fine. Like, I mean, they're extremely dominant at the moment. I wouldn't worry about that in the slightest. Someone's got to you, Johnny. I can tell. <laughs> you obviously, obviously late to the show. You come back in, in, in crowd in crowd like um, you know, cars were delaying, you come back, which is a good thing. Um, but Stephen Bradley obviously stayed for a reason and uh, I mean Rovers coughing up chances is neither here nor there <laughs> listen Giggsy you've got the boys fighting so that's definitely <laughs> a good thing anyway so it's fair play to you listen no hey, problem. Thanks, thanks a million thanks, for the lads. call um, Evan you have been waiting very patiently in fairness to you Evan Cullen, are you there? well lads how are you? Evan how are you getting on? well lads what I'm, we at, yourself. I'm on the way back from Bray now I'm on the way oh. back from Bray watching Waterford. Fill us in. <laughs> um, I, was, I was listening to your caller earlier, and I have to say, Phoenix Harrison is the best player in the first division. Really? Was he very? Was he very good tonight? Was he? He's been, he's been very good all season. In fairness, top scorer of the division. He he's put the team on in his back at some stage, but today it was just an all round performance from the team. Yeah, I saw him. I saw him last season, and I thought he, I thought he looked a good player at that level. So it doesn't surprise me at all. I was actually surprised that you man, that, that Watford managed to to hang on to them, really. So I was. Um, were they impressive tonight all round? Uh, definitely. Yeah, we were one up at half time, and we went two uh, two nil up. Shane Griffin scored his first goal of the season, and then it got a bit nervy. They scored from a corner then, but then Louis Britton uh, t- uh, finished finished it off fairly. Handily, he had two one-on-one chances and he slotted them up both away. It's going to be it's going to be a kind of a strange season for you from here on, Evan. Because like I was looking at things and like <laughs> your season is pretty much done, isn't it? Because 
it's it's too much of a gap for you to catch the two ahead of me, and there's no way on earth that you end up outside the top five. So you've now got like months and months of waiting for the playoffs to begin. Yeah, hopefully now we can kick on again with this. We've three wins on the bounce now, so we're looking good now. So hopefully we can uh, uh, perform well in the playoffs as well. Yeah, that's the thing with the structure, I suppose, Johnny, isn't it? You you, you might end, you do end up maybe with one team that ends up in that situation where if, if one or two pull away, like it's it is literally just a waiting game for them now to the playoffs begin. Yeah, because like the the structure in the first division does not favour the clubs at all. It gives like uh, you know essentially in, in betting terms, there's a one in eight chance uh, of getting up if you finish like second, third, fourth, or fifth. And if you finish second, you're probably feeling a bit of a downer. You're in a two-legged playoff, which I think should be a home leg for the team to finish second. Like in last season, there's no way you should have gone up, Shane. There's no way Longford should have gone up before either. So it's, it's kind of frustrating. But like the battle for a top in the first division is going to be an absolute epic. But the team that finishes second, then like, will they be on a complete downer? And they'll be facing a team probably that finished third that's going to be almost equally as good as them. Johnny, your line is not great there, just to give you a heads up. I don't know what changed there. What what do you make in the first division at the moment, Nathan? Oh, well, everything I'm hearing from Johnny is that uh, after a, a ropey start, that uh, maybe Goa United are getting ever closer to Cork has been the best team in the division. Like, it looks like it's going to be a grandstand game in Terryland Park when they come head-to-head. And you are looking... And thinking, obviously, getting the automatic promotion spot is crucial. But are the second place team a lot stronger than the second place team of last season? And are they going to be strong enough to beat a Finn Harps or a Drogheda if it comes down to it and have that momentum? Like, it's the one thing you'd look at Galway if they're playing so well now. If they end up finishing second, you're six months away from a playoff. Can you maintain that sort of form for that long? Like, that's like that's the peculiarity of it. I think the, the I think I think the team that finishes second last in the Premier Division will be on a bit of a downer as well because it'll be a tough it'll be a tough battle between those two. Um but like when you look at the resources of them in the three like first division clubs that are going so well, um, it's gonna be so tight, Nathan. Like, it'll be one of those playoff games that'll be very touch and go and hopefully like uh, one of the Premier Division teams will implode like they did in the last two seasons because like the momentum that we have at the moment, um and I I was kind of saying, like, John Crawford just needs to let the shackles off and, and let them play a bit. And we've totally transformed the last month. Like, I was so unhappy with the way we were playing. Um, but now we're just scoring goals for free, dominating games. And I think a John Crawford's even momentum um, is, is actually something else. Like, Evan, uh, strange question here. I maybe haven't had my eye fully on it. What, what exactly is your managerial situation at the moment? <laughs> to be honest, I haven't a clue. Um, I know we have uh, hunting at the moment, but I haven't heard any rumours or anyone of anyone coming in permanently, so I haven't a clue to be honest with you. Okay, so Gary Gary is the man picking the team and calling the shots at the moment, is he? Yeah, Gary's the man on the touchline. Yeah, pretty well. okay, that's, he's doing very well on my head. Yeah, I was going to say, because he, he, he picked up a few decent results. You'd imagine he's he's surely got a, a decent chance of getting it, although I think I did hear the, the chairman making some sort of remark about looking across the water again, did he? Yeah, that was. Uh, I was going to vote in here. I'm Evan's cousin. We're driving back to the match for the life. That was. There was a couple of remarks kind of made that were, you know, obviously given the English owner, maybe looking across the water, seeing about bringing somebody over again, kind of like what would have been done with, you know, Mark Burchard before, uh, you know, we had Ian Morris. Remains to be seen if there's any sort of, um, any sort of, you know, if that's concrete, if there's anything to really solidify that. 
I'm not too sure. I'm happy enough personally, but the last couple of results were after I get and I know Gary Hunt had a you know a great result in the first match he took um down in Ferry Cardigan at Wexford. That went fairly well. Um, you know, slightly less of a convincing win against that loan, obviously in the RSC you now during the week. Um very convincing win today, you know. So they're kind of finding their feet, I suppose, which is one of the only two options after getting rid of a manager. You're either gonna go downhill entirely or you're gonna kinda of bounce back and Luckily, we bounce back, so it really is just a case of are we going to look across the water again, like what we've done with Bartram, or you know, are we going to give Gary a chance that I'd like to think he deserves? Fair play, lads. Appreciate the, appreciate the update from the first division. We need to get a few more uh, a few more first division callers on to keep us moving in that direction. So, Evan and Evan's cousin, thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, lads. Johnny, Johnny Keegan on Twitter says uh, he wants to start a petition for the first division to get its own off-the-ball Twitter spaces of a Friday. Whereas uh, Sean, in response, makes a good point. He wants to start a petition to stop letting Johnny Ward have an opinion on football. Oh, um, yeah. I probably agree with the latter, to be fair. <laughs> James, um, I think you've been waiting the longest to, to have a chat with us. I think you're a, a Sligo Rovers fan. Is that right, James? I'm a disgruntled, frustrated, upset Sligo fan coming home this evening, Shane. You're right. <laughs> it uh it didn't go your way by the sounds of Rossi's report. He he believe, he was tells us you were way under par. Absolutely, uh, Shane. Not only like under par, and I think it's the most frustrating thing at the minute is the inconsistency. Um, like we were so bloody poor tonight. I just can't wrap my head around it. Um. Most of what Rossi said, 100%, couldn't agree more. Uh, inconsistent. The first half was a very, very poor half. The two goals, they were... Uh, look at McDonald made the mistake at the edge of the box. The second goal, Fitzgerald made the mistake. They were two unstoppable goals. Like you, they, There was nothing else that McGinty could have done about them. One thing I will say is that if McGinty uh, uh, wasn't our goalkeeper, we would have lost 5-1 tonight. Um, yes. If anybody can get that double save back up, uh, it's absolutely unbelievable in the second half there, but it's just absolutely. I'm 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 really annoyed. Um, okay, Johnny, you made a point earlier that you know Saigo are you know we're three points off third or whatever, but we're 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 losing points to teams who, as a team who wants to compete for Europe, we shouldn't be losing or dropping any points against them. We like okay, like I I, I like the way the shells played tonight. Shells had us figured out within the first five minutes. Whenever we got the ball to the fullbacks, it was three on two on the wings, and we were they were we were getting pushed. And then as soon as we came into the centre, we were completely caught out, and we were done straight away. Uh, Paddy Kirk's goal, I'll give it. It came out of nothing. Uh, great finish, by the way. But it's just this inconsistency. Sligo Rovers, right? We're a fan-owned club, right? People and a lot of people say when players come to the West that you know. We're, we're a town club you, you fight for the badge you, 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 you go out and walk out onto that pitch and you put 110% in for 90 minutes you know Jim. we did not do that tonight at all and we, we haven't done this in, in a few games this season already it's just that lack of inconsistency of going out for 90 minutes as Rossi said earlier Shells were competing for every single throw in they were competing for everything we were 2-0 down in the second half and we were just still trying to ping the ball around the back. I understand we're trying to create plays and stuff, but there was no intensity tonight. I think that's why and myself and a lot of the Tiger Rovers fans leaving there this evening 
who actually, by the way, and I'll make the point, stayed back to clap the team off and there was five players came around, which I think annoyed people a lot more this evening and it was absolutely bucketing down in Tolkien Park when we were leaving. Well, James, I was... I shells, but I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed. I was I was looking at your your recent results and the bit of upturning form that you'd had, and I suppose I kind of I noted that it coincided with a, a player that I used to have um, had got back into the side with you there recently, David Cawley, and I, I was actually just texting him yesterday, you know, kind of saying it was great to see him back starting regularly and doing well, and results seemed to 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 be going well, and I, I thought exactly the kind of stuff you're talking about there the bit of the bit of heart and the bit of fight for the jersey I was saying okay Collie give you a good performance but he'd also kind of ensure that the fellas around him would, would be fighting he'd certainly that um, but <laughs> I don't know whether he didn't have a good game tonight or whether uh, it was those around him that let him down but it was everyone Shane it wasn't was it, it yeah. wasn't just David Collie. it was everyone tonight and to be fair to Coley, played great against Strada, played great against Shams. Oh, and like, yeah. I, 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 I like, we played David in that, just that a more advanced position. Mm. And I really like it, right? Tell me this, we made five substitutions tonight. We were getting run over in the midfield. Why didn't Niall Morahan step foot on that pitch tonight? He mm. would have just calmed the game down. I, I, I know we have Shams away on Monday. And, uh, okay, he might have been, uh, been rested for, for the Shams game. But, like, he... He has proved himself time and time again that he can play in the middle of the park and play well in the middle of the park. And when on nights like tonight when we were getting run over in the middle of the park, why didn't he come on? Those are the questions that you're asking. And I'm not questioning the other lads that didn't come on. Max Matta played great when he came on. Jordan Hamilton played good when he came on. You know, the other three substitutions came on very late in the game. But it's just this intensity. And I feel that there's, you know, we need to start putting this in. What was that, Johnny? Is that a Boko thing that, like, this is the thing that, oh, he's too nice and whatever, there's no intensity? What do you reckon, James? Say that again, sorry? I think what he's asking is it a reflection of uh, Liam Buckley's personality, the team out on the pitch, that they're just too nice? It, it, it could be, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would probably side towards that because we had a great squad in there last year and I don't know is it just the way that you know and, and like Buckley's done great for the club so far he's you know we, we got to Europe last year fantastic if you were to ask me right now with the way we're going will we compete for Europe this year I although great point we're only three points off it my answer is still no if, if we want to be the team who we want to be and like let's not like I, I, I'm I'm 90% sure our budget went up again this year so that we could keep those players who done well for us last year in at Sligo Rovers well why why aren't we why are we you know that one point from nine games when we had three home games in a row you're in Sligo like you're trying to attract players to West Ireland you're taking on the behemoth of Shamrock Rovers and then you Bowes Derry have so much of a budget like what do Sligo fans actually expect we expect more more intensity we, we we should be competing just like every other team like okay take okay I know that Derry have a lot of money but Sligo should still be competing uh, the same look at we are still competing I'm not look at we could be in worse positions we're not thank God we're not We've taken results this year that, you know, I didn't expect and we're doing okay. But what I'm saying is just with the last few performances, okay, we beat Drogheda 3-2, okay, we beat, or we drew to Shamrock Rovers in the showgrounds. But, like, on nights like tonight, 
like I, I feel that Rovers should have been doing better and beating Shelburne off pitch and coming out with a result there. I still should have thought that we should have beat Shelburne when Shelburne came to the showgrounds. But it didn't happen because there was just that lack of intensity. And Rossi, Rossi said it earlier as well, and I 100% agreed with him, that it's just the inconsistency and intensity that the likes of Shelburne had that we don't have. We can hear the frustration, James. It's understandable, so it is. Listen, fair, fair play to you for giving us a, a, a shout. Hopefully, we'll hear from you in, in better form. Hopefully, with a, a or Fernando Pineacker as well. Yeah, no, lads. Cheers, and uh, look after yourselves. <laughs> you summed it up, Shane, uh, at the start of the show again. Like you could last week, it was Bohemian supporters, St. Pat's, St. Pat's fans, uh, inconsistency, the buzzword. But whoever's third in the table is perfectly fine tonight. Whoever's fifth and sixth is outraged and can't understand. But all four of those teams, inconsistent is the word that you're going to use all season. Because if they weren't inconsistent, they'd be challenging for a title. But at the same time, none of the supporters of those four teams, did, did they really think they were going to be challenging for a title this season? Maybe the Pats fans, but I don't think the other three did. Yeah, I, th- I think, Nathan, all it is is, you know... Every fan loves the buzz of a European adventure. And as soon as you hit fifth and sixth position in the table, you're going, oh, no, 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 no. We might miss out on Europe and everything that comes with it and the, the wonderful away trips and everybody hits the panic button. And then all of a sudden you win one game and you're back in the top four and everything's fine. You, you feel like an idiot like when, you, when you're doing it. Like Pats were so bad last week. Absolutely decimated by Derry. They win 4 0 tonight. And you're like, Sligo Rovers were brilliant in the second half last week. And today they were probably limping off against Shelburne. Shelburne were awful last week against Van Harpsick. So bad. They won tonight. And we just feel like idiots. Can I, can be- I ask Shane on that? Because uh, 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 Coach Keegan moment for you coming up. Uh, <laughs> there's an awful lot of young players in the league. And the one thing coaches always say about young players is that they are inconsistent. You can't trust them to put together runs of matches, you have to accept that when you play young players, that that's part of the deal. Is that why that inconsistency is there with a lot of these teams? That there's an awful lot of young players who are just still learning the game, they're learning what it's like week in, week out, Friday, Monday, trying to be professionals. That like, That's the gig for these teams who are trying to develop players. Yeah, I do. I think that's definitely part of it, Nathan. You've, you've fairly hit the nail on the head. I see we have uh, Coleman um, at, at Coleman Hanley at Pats is, is on the line. We'll probably get him on here shortly. I mean, they had, obviously, they had Sam Curtis making his debut. Um, I see Ben McCormick was back in the starting lineup. So that's just one example of it. And most of those sides have quite a few young players. The other thing, Nathan, is it's just, and it's great to be able to say it, we, we have a very, very competitive league. Um, and you, I mean, even UCD, you were supposed to be our whipping boys, have, have shown tonight that if you're in those third to sixth positions, if you are not playing to your best against the teams in seven, eight, ninth or tenth, they'll take points off you. Um, which is just going to make it so, so interesting. And yet, when you are at your best, if you're one of those four teams, you're capable of beating a Derry or a Shamrock Rovers. So as well as that, Jim, right? So tonight, the, like the first half an hour of the game, Bowes were all over Derry. So like, as you as an opposition analyst, like Bowes had them measured. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and 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 look, you will see, you will see those teams uh, over the course of this season beating a Derry or beating a Shamrock Rovers here and there, um, and then obviously what's really going to make or break them is the games against each other. The games against each other are going to be fantastic, and they're the ones that that everybody's going to have their have their eyes on because every single time they meet one another, it is a, it is a six pointer. It is absolutely a six pointer, and I think. 
I think come the end of the season, if you add up the amount of points that they all pick up against the top two and they all pick up against the bottom four, I think that will level out fairly reasonably. And I think it will quite simply come down to how they do win the games that they play against each other, which will be brilliant. Will be brilliant for the league and absolutely brilliant, brilliant to watch. So it will. What um, chain? Do we have a title race? Do we have a title race? I don't. We, we, we do. Of course we do. Sorry, sorry. Of course you know, you, we do. You said Shamrock Rovers win the league, simple as. Yes, I still think Shamrock Rovers, I said bravely or stupidly, whichever word you want to put on it, I said by about six points. And I still don't think that's an outlandish call. So I don't, Johnny, no. I still don't think that's an outlandish I call. I more than six. Um, Nathan, I have been responsible up to now for letting in the people, so I'm probably on top of who's been waiting um, a little bit better. And now, before we before we tell you to talk, Keith, we're going to tell you to behave yourself. But Keith Ryan, our Bray Runders fan, is waiting patiently. So come on, Keith, tell us the crack. How are you, Shane? How are you? How are you, how are you getting on? Ah, uh, emotional to be honest, Shane. Um, it's. It's difficult to, to witness what's happening at the football club at the moment. Uh, it's nine games without a win now, uh, no home wins, and um, I don't know. I, I actually don't know where where we go from here. Um, it's like, in fairness, we played quite well in the first twenty minutes tonight, and uh, you know, Phoenix Patterson scores an absolute worldie of a goal, and no goalkeeper is saving it, um, and then. We're going at one nil's break, you know, not too bad against a good old Waterford side. And Evan, Evan echoed on it earlier on, like the, this their third win in a row. And then Shane Griffin scores just after half time and it kills kind of the hope that you have, you know, we're not too bad. We're in the game and then 2 nil and Bray scored late on from a set piece and then two breakaway goals from Britain. Um, killed us, you know, 4-1 looks like Waterford dominated game, they didn't really but it's um, I don't know, I don't know what to say to be honest Shane. Keith, Keith, Keith can I be honest here I am I, 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 I'm far more interested in your opinion on what happened last weekend and the subsequent statement that came out than I am in, in how to so, so, Sorry Shane, Keith, Keith has to talk to the support liaison officer I'm sorry about that <laughs> it took me a minute to cop what was coming there. Sorry, Johnny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, look, like I say, without 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 getting yourself in trouble, what what have you made of the last seven days, Keith? Um I like everyone everyone in the League of Ireland has has seen the footage, you know, so I don't I don't really have to say too much because everyone has their own opinion. The the statement that came out and I made it clear um, it, it, it the fans got the blame um, I don't think Pat should have got as far as he did um, he came across the pitch and you know what was said by the fans shouldn't have been said by the fans because the wording that they said about Devo and I don't know if any of you have heard it I'm not going to repeat it because it's absolutely vile um, it shouldn't have been said but also, Pat shouldn't have come over because that kind of fueled the fire as well. So, both sides were at fault. And as I said, everyone's seen the footage. The statements, kind of, they were they were at the they were saying the fans are at fault, and it was kind of like they were tarnishing everyone with one brush. And again, I've echoed that to the people involved. Um, but you know, where do we go from here? And it, like, I don't know what your opinion on it is. Um, 
it's 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 very sad to see what's happening and fans are against each other and some have have uh, have have come out in support of 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 past or some have given out about Pat or some are on on the fence and you know or are not happy with the club or whatever you know so there's different views in the club um so I don't know I really don't know Shane to be honest with you yeah Johnny Nathan like it's interesting. It's interesting there, and I don't. I don't want to know what was said. I absolutely don't want to know what was said, right? But I suppose I've been there. Okay, I've been there, and it can absolutely get hot and heavy. And because we don't have tens of thousands of people at League of Ireland games, um, you do get to know everybody's face, um, which does make it feel far more personal when a person or a small group of people consistently come after you week after week and you can see that face and the abuse is ratcheting up and ratcheting up. Um, my opinion on it is so long as the abuse is always directed at me um, and doesn't cross a certain line, which maybe Keith is hinting that it may have crossed... Like, it definitely did, Shane. It did cross the line okay. last last month. Well, that's that that is interesting, and that would make me have a slightly different take on it, Keith. To be honest with you, than I would have had because I I would have felt my my gut on it looking at was come on, devil. We all get this kind of abuse. Unfortunately, we just have to grin and bear it. Mm-hmm. Like if it if it ends up being about if it if if it ever ended up being about another member of my family or or did anything in any way that I felt was unacceptable towards any people in my family, then I think I might have reacted in the way Devil did. But if, you it's, your garden, saying, like, if it's your garden variety abuse, unfortunately we're paid just to take that level of abuse, you know? It, it was a strange marriage of like the old and the new where like he had his phone out and um like let's be honest here, this was more or less a uh, takeover it wasn't a merger, it was a takeover. Cabin Teal came in, it was a questionable decision to give the you know, Devo the job with Eddie Gormley. Um, you know, I was talking to a player who was like ditched in preseason, uh, who had misgivings about the way he was treated. Um, but like with the way Devo reacted, like I'm sorry, he's totally unbecoming of a manager. Go on, it Nick. is. I was going to say, it, look, it, it it clearly is, and as you said, Shane, unfortunately, it's part of the gig. You have to put up with it. But on the other side, all of the criticism that I have seen, uh, the vast majority of the criticism has been towards Pat Devlin. But if what you're saying, Keith, is true, and listen, you've been going to games for years, you know, and you've seen managers get abused before on both sides, you know when a line is crossed. And I'm wondering, as a fan base, like there's a self-policing of a fan base, and I don't want you naming names or making it in any ways clear you know, who was saying this, but is there a self-policing of the Bray Wanderer supporters? Because this obviously tarnishes the club when you're coming on and saying that supporters are making comments like this about the manager. Yeah, it, I mean, it was it was uh, highlighted to um, these uh, people at the match that what they were saying was incorrect. They, they were aiming, they weren't aiming abuse only at Devo. They were aiming abuse at uh, other individuals in the stand. Um, which, like, I'm going to games as you said for twenty years, and I've I've never heard stuff like that. Um, and Shane's correct; it's a small fan base, so people do pick out people in the stands saying, oh, well, he's doing this or he's doing that, you know. Um, but as I said already, Nathan, there's a divide. There's a certain section 
and the club in fairness in the last few days are trying to are trying to uh, stop these issues at the games but there's a certain section of fans that just don't really seem to care what they say or what they do um it's they're just they're just it's like it's like I'm just I'm not saying it's correct but it's like they're out to to just cause trouble or to have a go or whatever you know are they real fans maybe maybe not I don't know I don't know yeah it's it's, it's interesting as I say look I I, I the one thing I would say, Keith, is I would now have a slightly different opinion on everything. Like, Johnny, you're still saying there's a, a, there's no circumstances in which he can react like that? Well, pretty much, yeah. I mean, you're a manager, like, and he's, he's, he's had that experience. Like, you don't react like that. And obviously, like, Bray fans are frustrated as well. Like, their club has more or less been taken over, and uh, they, they feel disenfranchised by what's happening. And Devo, as much as he's a club legend, he... you cannot act like that at all as a football manager and you know that like how many years has Devo been in the league like my first away games Bray Wanderers probably when I was like 15 like 25 years ago something like that Devo was in charge but he's come back in now and he's a changed man and you know you can't act like that Shane in, in my view but there's no I, way I... back from that Shane there's no way back from that and listen Pat Devlin has given a huge amount of his life to football in that part of the world uh, at all levels of the game but this has been building all season. Keith, Keith, you were one of our first callers on the first night. And Pat Devlin, at that stage, didn't react very well to the criticism. As you say, results haven't improved. There's clearly issues around the takeover as well. So while Bray Wanderers may have felt like they had to back their man and they were dead right to come out and criticise that small group of supporters at the game who provoked Pat Devlin, like there's no way that you can see Bray being able to progress while the current management team stays in place like this it, it feels is only going to get worse while the status quo remains yeah but yes in that statement they seem to double down they really did seem to double down and i i, I can't see them making a change um you know they're in a division in which there is no relegation um so they don't have to worry about getting rid of the manager to stop them from getting relegated so i i to be honest with you from my vibe reading that statement is that that no matter what happens pat they're going to back pat back Pat Devlin right through from now until the end of the season and look again don't get me wrong here I'm saying oh, Cabin Tealy that he's saying like more or less Cabin Tealy that is like. <laughs> yeah okay whatever name we want to put on him but like uh, yeah I would have come on to the call saying that Devo's behaviour was completely unacceptable alright but I'm listening to Keith's words and you know he's writing he's a sensible sort of fella and again I don't want to know what was said but if you know there is a there is a, a a form of abuse that's just not acceptable in any, 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 any circumstances. And if it did cross that line, then like I would think I would be able to, I would back myself to be able to take a tremendous level of abuse. And look, it never, I'll be honest with you, it never got to that level. Again, I would I would be very quick to recognise five to six faces who, you know, particularly went in for me hard enough towards the end of the Galway time. But to be honest with you, the level of abuse they were giving me is your standard level of abuse. And that's fair enough. That's fine. So it is. But, geez, I don't know. You know, if, 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 it, was, if it was a different kind of abuse, let's call it, without going into the ins and outs of it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. Keith, listen, you've 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 been brilliant. Um, it's really kind of interesting. You know, it's it's hard to watch. Um, 
to be honest with you. It is hard to watch for somebody who's been involved in the League of Ireland as long as Devo has, and whether you like him or don't like him, he's he's been a tremendous League of Ireland man, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and look, we all just have to kind of see what way it plays out over the next while. I hope things kind of move in a better direction over the next while. But thanks a million for giving us a shout. Cheers, Shane. And just to touch on it, um, we play Treaty next next time out. And it's crucial we get a win because if we don't get a win, the season's written off already. So thanks for having me on, guys. Cheers, Keith. Fair play. Jonathan Higgins, I will get to you eventually, but we haven't had Coleman Hanley on um, with us all year, I don't think, so far this year. And it'd be interesting to, to hear his thoughts on what's been a kind of a, a swing from one performance to another in a dramatic fashion, Coleman. Hey, Shane. Hey, lads. How's well? How are you keeping? All good. Good, yeah. Pat's uh, tonight, so happy out. Uh, 4-0 last week, 4-0 this week, but the uh, <laughs> right side for us. Um, just a quick shout-out for the lads from the... Uh, would have come up from the U team, Shane, you mentioned. I mean, there were four lads who played tonight between Sam Curtis, 16, Kyle Robinson got a goal, uh, Ben McCormick and Dara Burns. So, like, you know, from a Pat's point of view, I don't think anyone else has been on, but, like, to see the lads come through, it's, it's brilliant. And for... Jar O'Brien and all the lads, like it's it's the good work again, like coming through. Coleman, I watched your uh, I watched your nineteens take on uh, Treaties nineteens in UL about that's uh, about three weeks ago, I suppose at this stage. Um, nineteens. Um, Adult football, First Division, League of Ireland. I don't care what standard, any standard I've seen of Irish football over the last while. It was it was right up there as some of the best football I'd seen. I mean, your underage structure is is absolutely top notch and flying, isn't it? Yeah, like I mean, um, I was watching our 19s play Galway, and and one of your esteemed panelists there was watching them as well. And uh, <laughs> three of the lads who started tonight would have started that game, and um, you know, Pat's won that game again. Kyle Robinson again. He he got two goals that day. So look, I mean, it's great to see that the the level of um, competitive strain is is good at that level that the lads can can dip in and out, train with the first team, play matches with the nineteens, um, and then obviously, especially if the lads are getting picked for their country, um, like to be fair to the international managers, they're they're at nearly all the games, they know how they're doing, so um, it's just great to see, and then you throw them in with. Chris Forrester, you throw them in with like even young fellas like Joe Redmond who are playing at twenty ones or Dara Burns, you know they're coming along great and um, especially like we needed a result tonight and the lads really put it in. The work rate was unbelievable from the first minute. You know, just every Pats fan would have left that ground tonight in United Park and own or head of the game park. Um, that you know they put in a hundred percent and and we need that going forward and and the lads to be fair really honest tonight and they really. Uh, they really did the supporters proud. I have Johnny. to say, if, if if I get one player wrong, Kyle Robinson is so so talented. Like, and I, I like, I, I to be honest, Shane, like it went totally over my head that was Wexford last season. I watched him at that nineteens game, and I was like, this player can absolutely play. Got an amazing goal against Bray in the nineteens, and to see him score tonight. He's so so talented, like totally dynamic, brilliant, brilliant striker of the ball. And I was like, you know, you're you're talking about Clancy not bringing in Amaku, like this lad can definitely, definitely play. Johnny and Nathan, right? I'm gonna we're, we're, we've talked about it so much, and yet we've I've never we've never really kind of stuck our necks out on it here. Okay, Pat Dundalk, Sligo Bulls, put them in order, Nathan. End of the season. Dundalk, Pat Sligo Bulls. Johnny? Pat's Dundalk, Bowes Ligo. 
That's Dundalk, Bowes, Sligo. I think Bowes are going to overtake them all. I think Bowes are going to get third. Yeah, I do. What are you basing that on? Bowes are brilliant, right? Yeah, I suppose and there's recency bias with me, Nathan, in that I've just watched them tonight and I thought they were very good. Yeah. Um, I've spent the last few weeks bemoaning the fact that they have no proper centre midfielder with, with Keith Buckley not there, but I, I see them, uh, they have one good game tonight and I'm swung the other way fairly quickly. Um, yeah, I Coleman, don't know, I don't know. Coleman, how did uh, Owen Doyle play? Because we had a couple of Pats fans on over the last couple of weeks, I think, questioning uh, his return, the, the goals and the hype that uh, surrounded his rival at the club that he, his performances hadn't quite matched him but he got a goal tonight yeah like um, I, I don't know lads like a lot of the Owen Doyle goes he's he's from his time in England he's always on the move he's always you know you, you're not going to get it up in the air off him and taking the ball down or whatever but he's always on the move even even when he's not getting a lot of goals right now but tonight it was perfect on the move, Ben McCormick split ball through the defence and, and he just finishes it. You know, he's a, he's a top-class finisher. So, um, Dugan's man, yeah. Ben McCormick. Ben Mc, yeah, Ben McCormick. So, like, you know, um, it, look, I think I think it'll come to him. Um, Tim Clancy, and I know his management have talked about, you know, minding his minutes because he's come from, you know, the English season into the League of Ireland season. So, um, you know, the, the break in the summer and, and the news that we got, obviously, getting through around Europe already that will help us hopefully um we'll get an extra sort of week or two I think there um but look I think I think look if he gives the, if he gets the ball he gets the chances you know um his stats show that he, he can he can put the ball in the back of the net so um just a bit of time it's a very new team put together you know when you take out you know the spine of the team from last year like your Lee Desmonds and you know Alfie Lewis and and a lot of the key players we had last year you know it's a team that's growing again and and a lot, a lot of young players, you know. So um, I think we will grow, hopefully, as the season goes on. And um, the support's been brilliant. And like, if that keeps up, hopefully we can push on, you know. I'm looking at White Scout here, Nathan. And uh, obviously, they won't have coded tonight's games yet. But even before tonight's game, Owen Doyle is, is, is I mean, he's, he's second in the... Second in the league for the famous expected goals metric. Um, so he is, so he, like, he's always... He's just always going to be there. Like I can't, not that I can't understand any criticism of him, but I, I would probably. I know McGonigal is McGonigal himself. Actually, to be honest with you, he probably couldn't have more different forwards than him, him himself. McGonigal watching McGonigal tonight. Um, if that if somebody could teach that man to bend his run a little bit more, that he doesn't go offside just a bit too quick. The amount of times he gets blown offside, Johnny. Um, but like to me, it would be a straight call between the two of those as as the centre forward I would want in my team at centre forward, or the player I would want in my team at centre forward. To be honest, I promise so much, Harry. No, I'd I'd have the two boys before promise. I would. I'd have the two boys before promise. I think promise oh, has yeah. the. I would. I, I think promise has the potential to become a, a really top striker, but. Oh, you probably got Colin Whelan as the best striker in the league at the moment. Would you? Ah, look, he again, again, he he definitely has the potential to be. But if I was, yeah, I don't know. Over the course of the season, maybe Colin Whelan. Yeah, if I was playing the cup final in the morning, I would want Owen Doyle as my centre forward because he's just proven, and I just think he'd get me the winning goal in the cup final. Will Bradley staying at Rovers have any impact on where Colin Whelan ends up? Um. I don't think so because I think that would have been what was expected to happen initially anyway. 
Um, what I'd be interested to know is had anything changed in the 24 hours where or 48 hours, however long it was, where we did all think that that Bradley was going to to Lincoln. Um, I don't know. I I I would be 60 40 um, on Colin potentially going to Lincoln over 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 Shamrock Rovers. All right. Time for one more caller. Uh, yes, Jonathan has been waiting uh, incredibly patiently, so he has. Jonathan, how are you? Coleman, All by the way, good. thank you very much for your call. Cheers, lads. All good, gents. Uh, no, enjoying the uh, conversation as always. Uh, the, the first thing I want to know is uh, who is got hold of Johnny Ward's phone here because there's nothing but optimism for Go United and the positivity about the football. <laughs> this is uh, very refreshing, I have to say. Jonathan, give him, give him, give him, give him one poor result. Give him just the one poor result. He'll no, return back. The last time, like I did a co-com, the last time I did co-com with Jonathan was in Athlone when he was even more negative than I was, and I've actually been quite positive about the whole thing. Um, but I think Jonathan will agree. We've totally changed over the last month. There's a, I think, I think you said it earlier, Johnny. There's a bit of the handbrake mentality being taken off. Uh, what felt like a grind, a, a slog. Heavy, heavy winter running through uh, through muck and whatnot seems to be a little bit more of a kind of a, a pep in the step and a bit of a bounce uh, bounce on the, on the on the harder surface underneath and uh, the goals are starting to flow again and they're coming from different angles too for Adam McCarthy tonight. Dimas comes on, you know, you we're probably critical. Had the result not gone our way last week, um, we're probably critical of a couple of opportunities. That he might have missed, but everything is going right at the moment. And uh, what a game is uh, all eyes in Terryland on the twenty seventh, the end of the month, when Cork come to town. It should be a, it should be a massive occasion that. And uh, you know, you look across the water and you see Liverpool and Man City going head for head. It's almost not quite the same levels, but there's a little bit of that mentality there as well with the side, two sides just going at each other's throats. And uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it looks like it looks like it's going to be one hell of a battle to watch. That's, That's the clearer sign. Yet you've been spending too much time with Johnny Ward that you're preparing <laughs> Go United against Cork City with Liverpool and Manchester City. In terms, of, in terms of the in terms of the battle, now there's a long way to go to get the the style of football. We'll have to consider or considerably improve a good bit more. But it's just you see Cork getting that late. Like what a feeling must be on that and that Cork bus down going down after after nicking it there. It was a similar. I see a couple of Goey players are in watching it and listening along here as well. I'm sure they had a similar. Similar bows coming up the road from Limerick last week as well. But, you know, both teams are going to hell for leather. And you feel like, I think particularly with Galway, I think they're the uh, things are getting a little bit more promising. But you feel like there's a bit more to come from the squad. I don't think they're they're fully, fully maxed out either yet. And who knows what will be additions will be added to that as well. Of course, there's the, the big one. We spoke, I don't know, many of these shows now as well about Raven about Alex Murphy, but how John Caulfield replaces him, you feel like it's probably going to be the key points of the season, particularly from a Galway United point of view. Jonathan or Johnny, either one of you, fill me in on a player who I would have would have flown under the radar on me, really, is is Ed McCarthy, who, who seems to be in fantastic form for you at the moment. I mean, he was, I think he was initially Cork, and then he had a stint at Treaty, but he, he went back to junior football only, only kind of six months ago, I think, did he? Um, but he seems to be flying it down there at the minute. Yeah, no, he's a he's a typical John Caulfield player. Um, obviously, had a great start, scoring the winner down on Turner's at the start of the season. Um, 
probably was a little bit disappointing not to start last week, but uh, no, had a brilliant performance. Um, played a bit more on the left tonight, cutting in the, on the on the on the trusty right foot. Uh, a couple of goals before half time as well. Like he is, you know, he's a player that gives you everything. He's a player that'll demand uh, demand uh, absolute levels of, of performance, and um, I think he's um, I think he's a very astute signing. And well, as I repeat, kind of he's very much fits in the mould of the times of that raw aggression and and drive with him, and I, I think he's been a brilliant signing. I will say, Shane, as well, like I like I, I looking at Cork City, it was questionable about JC's signings, but the signings he's made this season going out, the two lads from Spain have been really, really good. Like, and they've actually fitted in well. And spoke to him at the start of the season, he was like, "It's the character of the squad I really liked in this season," and I could not knock the signings he's made at all. Yeah, they've, 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 uh, they're certainly an eclectic mix there, Johnny, that's for sure. Yeah, well, thankfully you're not in charge. Absolutely no need whatsoever. Wow, I, 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 and Shane, you, were, um, you weren't naming names earlier, but I, I, I knew who you were thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to come out with it, but I'll listen. So long, I'll, I'll catch him in the long grass, Nathan, don't worry. Here, dude, I missed the start of the show where you were talking about the dairy penalty. It's an outrageous oh, decision. It's so harsh. So harsh. So harsh, like. Outrageous. Yeah, no. It's and a, sh- it's a shoulder to Mc- shoulder. McGonagall goes over then in the second half, which to me is a total dive. And yeah, I think he's had a poor game, the ref. Yeah, they've, they've definitely definitely got away with one there, all right. So they have. Um, ah, look, it was probably about the right result, Johnny, on the balance of things. I know it was a, as we say, extremely, extremely soft, but it would have been, they would have been very hard on Derry Nothing from that. Well, well, the, the brilliance of the game was that, um, like, Tordic's chance at the end, Shane, I was sure that was going in, and it, it was a brilliant, like, kind of dynamic, like, uh, you know, the pace that bows have on the break, and they, they, but like, Tordic's chance, I was sure they're going to win. It was, it was a brilliant kind of game between a team that probably should be doing better and a team that, are Derry punching above their weight? Maybe they are. Well, I have to say, I uh, the one thing I would say is I I did prefer them with the three at the back setup. Um, mm. I I don't think as they're as dynamic since since Lafferty dropped out of side or or Carl Kieran Carl, which everyone you want to play at, at, at left wing back. Um, to me, I thought they looked a better side with that kind of strange kind of three at the back and the diamond thing going on in front of it. I, I, I don't think they're quite as fluid um, at the moment. But then again, hold on, I mean, they scored seven or eight goals only about a week or two ago playing with back four. So I suppose that'd be the argument back on that front. But Nathan, I think we're good to wrap up, are we? I think we're done. I think we're done. Uh, the podcast will be up if you missed the start of the show like I did. Uh, the podcast will be up uh, first thing tomorrow morning. Let's give a shout out to Willow Callahan who uh, does the good deed for us every Saturday morning and gets the podcast up. And uh yeah, I think that's it. We got Monday Night Football. We're back next Friday night. Rovers Derry next Friday night. I'm there, Nathan. I'm, I'm on co-commentary for BBC uh, Radio. Ooh. Wowzers. There Does that mean are. you're too big You're too big for League of Ireland late night? No, I'll be, I'll be here and ready to go. All right, good, good. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next Friday night. It's going to be a big one, I suspect, uh, after that game. League of Ireland late night. Shane, thank you as always. There's no need for me at all at this stage. I can go back to, you know, a second glass of wine of a Friday night, I think, now. And uh, Johnny's hopped off. He's gone for a second glass of wine. But uh, great stuff as always, Shane. We'll talk to you next Cheers, week. Ned. Good luck.